0: Welcome, welcome, I, was, I love that buzz of talking and saying hi, I hate to break that off, um, but I'm glad you're here, uh, especially if you're new, thanks for being here with us, Patrick mentioned this, but make sure you take that tear off card uh, after the celebration, we have a, a, a welcome counter out there, we just have a gift for you, just want to meet you, so take that out to them and they'll help you fill it out and all those things, um, but we're glad that you're here. This weekend, we've kind of designated as like the, uh, to spotlight the ministry of Catalyst. Uh, I'm the director of Catalyst. It's our young adult ministry, and so what we do, yep, there we go. What we do is we try to get that stage of life together, uh, going through unique challenges, grow our faith, and uh, 18 to 30, that kind of age group, and uh, we'd love to get more people connected, so if you're, uh, that would fit you or you know somebody, send them our way. This is, now's a good time. Because actually in a few weeks here on June 5th, we'll get all the small groups together for the summer. We meet right here on Tuesdays in the cafe and kind of connect over the summer. And so it's a good time to get connected in. Feel free to uh, introduce me to somebody or I'll get them connected to somebody, okay? But uh, you'll get to hear some uh, testimonies this weekend. It's from Catalyst people as well, so it's a a good weekend to be here. Um, If you want to go ahead and pull out of your worship folder, there's that study guide. Now, some of you may not have a pen. I don't ever carry a pen. Well, good news for you is we have our New Life app, and you can actually fill out the study guide on the app, and it will remember it for you. So you can see past ones. You can see the newsletter that you missed on there. You can submit prayer requests. It's a great app. If you haven't downloaded it, go ahead and do that. You can pull out your phones now and do that. People might think you're texting, but I know what you're doing. Um, But go ahead and use that. Use the app or use that guide. We're going on in our series of Ecclesiastes. We've been talking about this. Every time I kept writing it down, I, I had a trouble spelling it. But we're in Ecclesiastes. We're in chapter 8. And we've been following this, this journey of the preacher, is what he's called. And we, we know that it's probably Solomon. But we see him kind of going through his life journey and saying, What would life be without God in order to contrast it with God? And so as we walk through this, we're kind of now to the part of the book where we see some of his conclusions, he's telling us what he's learned, and so it's a great great spot to be in, and uh, we're going to do things a little differently. Usually, I would share some good passages. I might tell a joke or two, give an illustration of why this is important for your life, and then I would ask you to consider something. Well, today, don't worry, I'm going to tell a few jokes, I'm going to share some good passages, all the things, but today I want to start with a choice, Because since we're at this part of the book where he's kind of handing out wisdom that he's learned, I I think we need to start with a a consideration of how we're going to listen to this. I kind of relate it to uh, when I go visit my grandfather. My grandfather recently went into a nursing home. And so I can go visit my grandfather as a kind of an obligation. I, I, I should go over and see him. He's over at the nursing home by himself. I can say hi to him. I should do that. Or... I could show up there and say, man, I really want to hear all about his life, what he's learned along the way, the wisdom that he has, many more years than I have lived, so I can approach it going to see him, either more a little bit out of, I should do it out of obligation, or I'm going to do it because I want to get something really good from it. And I think there's a difference to that, especially when we look at a book like this where it's giving us wisdom. So today, I want to start with that choice I want you to choose, because even that first verse in Ecclesiastes 8 says this. Who is like the wise? And who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. So it kind of tells us we start with this hardness of face, unless we take on wisdom, and then it shines. And so my question to you is, which face do you want? I mean, you gotta decide this going into this. Do you remain with hardness or allow wisdom to change you? I think shine is a better option. I actually gave you a little graphic here in case you're kind of tearing what you should do. You can either be the hard face on the right, put that one on. I mean, who wants that? Or the one there on the left, the shining face, because of the wisdom that we got. That's the, the clearly the better option. Although I will warn you, it is difficult to fall asleep at night when you have a nightlight built on your face. little trade-off. That was funny. So let's walk through the rest of this chapter and see what it has for us, okay? Going on in verse 2. I say, keep the king's command because of God's oath to him. Be not hasty to go from his presence... Do not take your stand in an evil cause, for he does whatever he pleases the king. For the word of the king is supreme, and who may say to him, what are you doing? Whoever keeps a command will know no evil thing, and the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way. For there is a time and a way for everything, although man's trouble lies heavy on him. So we we'll gonna go through these sections, and in your, in your notes, you have little section titles. So those are the official section titles, but then I've given my own kind of version to go with it, so I'll share both with you, okay? So this first section is called Remember Who You Are, otherwise known as Check Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself. Because the king is in charge. He does what he pleases, it says. The word of the king is supreme, and who can say, What are you doing? This may not end well. I was reading in uh, Proverbs 20 this morning. 22 says, the terror of a king is like the growling of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger forfeits his life. So who can go up to a king and say, I don't like what you're doing? A couple of weeks ago, I was in a meeting and a couple of people were there and my boss was there and he gave this idea and I immediately blurt out, that's a horrible idea. Which you may think what I think now, that blurting out right after your boss says that's a horrible idea, is actually a horrible idea. I know that now. (laughs) Looking for work? I'm just kidding. But we live under authority. We all have some sort of authority over us. Maybe not a king, but we have a boss, a spouse, government, the president. We have different authorities, and some have authority over you, and it says the key... The king's command, that's wise. They've been put in that place. Then he warns us, don't quickly abandon. Don't be hasty to go from his presence. And there may be many a times where you don't agree or you don't think what they're doing is right. I mean, we live in a broken world with imperfect people. So he warns us, don't quickly abandon. But then this, he says, do not participate in evil alongside of them. Don't quickly abandon, but don't take your stand in that evil cause either. Do You see the balance that's needed? There's a balance that's needed. You live under authority. Stay with that spot that you're in, but don't participate in evil. And this might be hard to see. how How do I do that? And what's freeing to me, maybe you need to hear this too, is God's not surprised by what spot I'm in right now. So if I'm in a spot where I'm following where he's placed me, he's not concerned because I'm right where he put me. And he's my ultimate authority, so I don't want to do anything that goes against God, but as I live out the life that I have right here, right now, he knows all about it because he put me here. He instructs us to use wisdom instead, instead of just blurting out something. He said, wait. Wait patiently for the right time and the way to help. It says, the wise heart will know the proper time and the just way, the right way. A wise heart will know the right time and will just trust God until that time. It kind of reminds me of the story of Daniel. If you're familiar with Daniel, not, you should read it. It's a great book. Daniel 6 is the part I'm talking about now. But Daniel was placed over a bunch of things in the kingdom, so he was serving under a king. And then they kind of changed the rules. Some people wanted to get him out of there and made it so you could only worship that king. Because they knew Daniel worshipped God. And so it came to a part where he was going to pray like he always prayed. And so he prayed. And then they said, hey, you're not worshipping the king. They brought him to the king. And the king, because of the law that was there, said, well, we have to punish him. See, Daniel knew that he would participate in the law up to the point that he would be disobeying his God. And so when he got to that point, he said, I only have anything to do but to trust God. And so they threw him into a den of lions. All night he was at these lions. (laughs) You expect the next morning to come and just be ripped to sheds, but he wasn't because God protected him because God knew right where he was. So if you're not familiar with Daniel, I'd, I'd recommend you read that story this week. How to know how to trust God. So we need to remember who we are, remember our place in this kind of world, but then we also have to rightly see the king, see the authorities around us, remember who they are goes on to say in verse 7, For he does not know what is to be, talking about that king, for who can tell him how it will be? No man has power to retain the spirit or power over the day of death. There is no discharge from war, nor will wickedness deliver those who are given to it. All this I observe by applying my heart to all that is done under the sun. When man had power over man to his hurt. Sometimes we can give our kings, our authorities, the celebrities, the, the music stars, the sports stars. We can give them too much credit. We can give them kind of a larger-than-life mentality, and some of us maybe need to hear this section because it could be easy to get caught up in this this crowd thinking. And if I follow the mainstream starstruck mentality, we give them a higher place in our mind than we should. But not only do we have to remember who you are, but remember who they are. Otherwise, I call this section, a pity the fool. Because anyone who thinks they're larger than life, who thinks they're larger than God, I pity the fool, right? That's my Mr. T impression there. It says, no power over the Spirit. No man has the power to retain the Spirit, and no man has power over the day of death. So no matter how high in this world kingdom one becomes, they still don't have power over the day of their death. It means we should only give them the attention or the following that they deserve because of that. They may be king, or they may be larger than life, but they're not over the spirit and not over their own death that doesn't mean you should go up to your boss and say you know you can die right it's a horrible idea they'll get a restraining order trust me i know so don't do that let's keep reading on what's he say next here in verse 10 then i saw the wicked buried They used to go in and out of the holy place and were praised in the city where they had done such things. This is also vanity. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, yet I know it will be well for those who fear God because they fear before him but it will not be well with the wicked neither will he prolong his days like a shadow because he does not fear before god so this next section i kind of give you a little background so i come from a large family i have 10 brothers and sisters so there's 11 of us and so which means we always ran out of food all the time we had to go to the grocery store like every day And every time they go to the grocery store, you're trying to usher a bunch of children through the grocery store. Somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do. Actually, probably most of us. And so it would not have been able to be accomplished that every time that someone did something wrong, if my dad had to stop and give us a spanking, we would still be in that store today. So he would tell us instead, he'd say, remind me later when we get home to spank you. (laughs) And you'd think, I'm not going to do that. But listen, you only forgot that once. Because if he remembered later and you didn't remind him, it got like twice as, ba- twice as long. It was bad, okay? So the rest of the time, you're running after him going, hey, don't forget to spank me. <laughs> Make sure you spank me. So this section here, I call fear God. or the unofficial is, remind me later to spank you. The sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily. Wicked people don't always receive punishment right away. It says that they were receiving praise. They got these great burials. They seem to get ahead in life and even prolong their life. Listen, isn't that frustrating? You ever notice somebody that's breaking the rules and they seem to get ahead? They're not following the rules at work. They're cutting corners and they're getting more praise than you. Or their commission goes up because of they're speedily work, and they get all the recognition because of what they're doing. It's tempting, isn't it, to maybe want to follow in their footsteps? But he didn't say that their sentence does not come. He says just not quickly, but that it will not be well. So if you're like one of those strong, like, I, I need justice. I need it to be fair. If that's how you think. This might make you feel better because they're going to get what's coming to them. Like, don't get all excited like, oh, they're going to get what's coming. Why do I sound like a pirate? But they're going to get what's coming to them. But if you have that justice need, it says it's coming. It also says that fear God, it will be well for you someday. It will be well for those who fear God. So this is where I kind of think wisdom meets faith. Because it's wise to trust the word, right? It's wise to trust the word, even what you see, does not agree. That in this moment, seems like people are getting away with more and more things. And because they're getting away with some things, they do more things wrong. They're fully set to do evil. And we have to trust that what we see... It's not a a reality of what is to come. Not only that, we have to remember that we have done actually nothing for the coming goodness. We've held a trust or maybe a, a fear, a reverence, the one who is worthy to receive it. But there's nothing that we can do to get the coming goodness. The opposite of wickedness is not being good. But my response to wickedness is to fear God, who is good. So if you're here and you're trying to do enough good to offset previous wickedness, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. See, in Christ it was accomplished. Even when Moses wanted to see God's face, said, "You, You can't see my face because of how perfect, how wonderful I am. You can't even be in my presence. But God didn't want us to stay outside of his presence, so he wanted us to become perfect like him. He wanted to wipe out all that wickedness, so he sent his son. Jesus came to earth and died for us. After living the perfect life, he had no reason to die, but he died for each one of us to erase all that wickedness so that we can stand good with him because he wants to bring us home. So I have to recognize that the wickedness I see in other people it's the same wickedness I see in me. And despite all the goodness I try to live out, despite all the wickedness I created, He's the one that makes it all good. So I fear His power. I respect His way. If I don't grasp His goodness in my place, this will make anything else we go on here really, really difficult, really hard. If I don't realize my place in this world, this next point here might become unbearable. Look what it says in verse 14. There is a vanity that takes place on earth. And there are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. And there are wicked people to whom it happens according to to the deeds of the righteous. I said that this also is vanity. This section I call life's not fair, otherwise known as, what you talking about Willis? There are righteous people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the wicked. Wicked people cause bad things to happen to good people. Sometimes it's little things, right? I'm watching basketball, the semifinals, and when something happens and a foul gets called on the wrong guy, my team, that's wicked, right? It's wicked. What are those refs doing? Or as a kid, when I got in trouble because one of the siblings said I hit them, but I didn't actually hit them, that's wicked. So i go up and hit them later just to make sure I got credit for what I did. And then there's the real tragedies, like these school shootings. That's wicked people causing bad things to happen to good people. It's a shame. I mean, we live in a broken, broken world. And then we have good people causing good things to happen, and the wicked people take advantage of it. Well, that doesn't seem fair either. Good people causing good things to happen to wicked people. He warns us that there are wicked people to whom it happens according to the deeds of the righteous. I mean, is any of this fair? I mean, why do they get to reap the benefits? Or is it fair that people have to suffer because of the wicked? Our response might be, why is this happening? Or maybe we need to fix it. We need to do something. What are we going to do about this? Well, this next section helps us with this. Verse 15, and I commend joy. For man has nothing better under the sun. But to eat and drink and be joyful. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and see the busyness that is done on earth, how neither day nor night do one's eyes see sleep, then I saw all the work of God, that man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. However much man may toil in seeking, he will not find it out. Even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. So this next section I call, you are not God. Or, life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. You cannot figure it out. It says, even though a wise man claims to know, he cannot find it out. And this is good news. Listen, you're not God. I'm not God. I don't have to understand why. I don't know how to find out the way it works or why it works that way. In fact, he said, You can toil as much as you want. You can chase after as much as you want. You will not be able to figure it out. And that's freeing to me that I don't have to figure out why this world is so messed up the way it is. In fact, I can't find it out. So I'm released. You're released. From all the worry, all the grief, all the searching. Instead, what are we to do? What do we to do instead then? What does it say here? It says, eat, drink, and be joyful. For man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful. God has given these gifts, so enjoy them. Kind of reminds me back when I was a kid. I tell my kids this. If you have kids, maybe you say the same thing. They think life is so troubling and so hard and so difficult. And I'm like, all you have to do is eat, drink, and play. And that's all you got to do. I Remember, if I could go back to it, I mean, most of us, that's when we were kids, what did we do? We ate. We drank Kool-Aid. We ran around, hit people with sticks, whatever we did. We just had fun. We just had play. That's all we did. We didn't have to worry about some of these other things. And I say, is this what he wants us to do is not worry about the things that we can't worry about, not try to fix the things that we can't fix, and instead, eat, drink, and be joyful. Listen, there's a, there's a spot there in your I really, I really hope you write something down for you because there's lots of little things in here. And I I think it's best when we have something we can grab on for ourselves, We can pray about, record it, look at it later. But I think many of us need to hear, no matter how hard you need to try, you can't figure out this life. So instead of being mad or bitter or tired or worn out, instead of fights, hatred, attacks, name-calling, instead of pride, superiority, contempt, Enjoy life. Eat, drink, and be merry. It's God's gift to man. This is what we should share. We should post this. We should like this. Let your face shine with wisdom. Spread the goodness of man, the goodness of God, not the frustration of man. That takes being humble and admitting that this is a broken world, that we're all part of it, and then openly praise God for all that he has done. So let's throw a party and praise his name. Amen? Well, what we've been doing this series, before we finish up here, is we've been having different people share testimony about that. To praise his name. The goodness that is in God. And so we're going to invite, Allie's going to come up here and share her testimony. There she is. Come right over here. He's got a microphone. Amen. Well, I know, hopefully you know, that he can take everything wicked and make it good. He can take anything wicked and make it good. Because he's our good, good father, and we're going to praise his name. And so I want to challenge you guys today. And um, Listen, this is is just me challenging. You can accept it or reject it, right? Who am I? But prayer... Powerful, sharing with others is powerful, and so I'm going to challenge you. Whatever it is for you, maybe it's something from here, maybe something that Ali shared. But I'm going to challenge you to respond in one of three ways: either write out a prayer request on the back of that tear-off card. You can leave it anonymous if you like, but let us pray for you. You can use the app and put the prayer in there. Especially if you don't have a pencil, right? i have a pencil can't do a prayer request. Got the app, but you don't have a phone. Guess what? We have prayer partners who to be coming up here in just a few minutes, but let someone pray for you. Whether it's a praise you want to give him, whether it's something you just want to recognize in your life, or maybe something you want to drag into the light and just have another brother or sister pray for you, we would love to do that. Let me leave us with this uh, passage. Of Ecclesiastes, I think sums it up well. It says this. He has made Everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in a man's heart. Yet so we cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat, drink and take pleasure in all of his toil. That is God's gift to man. I understand it's tough to get over the roadblocks of your life, the things that might be happening there, but it's helpful to look at this book and to see that after all his searching, after all the travels, all the wisdom points back to God. This is a temporary world that is not our home, amen? There's so much goodness to come. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your good word that you can speak to us, you can show us what you're thinking, you can teach us how we ought to think because we get so backwards in how we see this world and we get so caught up in the wrong things and instead, Lord, we want to get caught up in you and what you're doing and participate in the good that you have created and let that stand good for all the bad that's in our life. Lord, we don't want to chase after something Using our energy, but instead turn to you and ask you to reveal wisdom to us, show us the right time, show us the right way to speak out, to share with others, to allow you to work. I pray that you would continue just to build this family that we have here, supporting and loving each other, praying for each other, lifting each other up. Help us to have a right view of you in this world. And not to count on anything in this world, but only and always to count on you. Lord, I pray that you would just lead us to open up our hearts to whatever's our story, wherever our spot is. And so receiving prayer from somebody or speaking a prayer to you right now and just admitting that we don't have it all together, admitting we don't know it all, and that we want to stop searching for another answer, but instead just rely fully on you. Help it to be our personal response to you right now as we continue, as we praise your name, as we look to you and give everything, surrendering all to you. Amen.